my baby girl scratched the shit out of my face. Oh! Like, right next to my eye. Oh, with those, like, fucking pterodactyl talons. Oh, the, like, big yeah. ones. Yeah, so now it looks like I have, like, a fucking sick-ass teardrop tattoo or something. <laughs> you look pretty badass. <laughs> Damn! I know. Pretty dangerous. That's what it is. You were like, something's different. <laughs> That's what it is. You look more on edge. <laughs> exactly. My fucking spawn sliced my cornea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, there's... Dude, she fucking grabs on, and then I have all this extra skin now. <laughs> yeah, because you're a mom. Yeah, and then she slices it the fuck off. Oh, Ugh. it's horrible. God, I hate that. Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. lovely. I hate it too. My kid does the same thing, but like now grabs like my lip and shit when he's pissed and like mm. rah, like grabs random body parts that you're like, I didn't know I had to defend this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's grabbed my like inside my mouth and like gotten hold of yeah. my teeth and like scratched my gums yeah. on the inside. I'm like, bro. That's going to be a canker sore. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Like try to fish hook me? Oh, uh, girl. Same Z. Yeah. And then I have a lip ring, so then it just like attracts all fucking attention and oh, she's like, no. I'm going to pull that shit out. I'm like, you are gonna get put down (laughs) on the floor not like in life (laughs) double meaning (laughs) oh welcome to episode fucking 97 stace dude we're getting so close to 100 i just did the math and i'm gonna be number 100 you are? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How does that make you feel? I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. No big deal. We should do something fancy. Should we both do a story again? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, don't get out of control over there. <laughs> I'm enjoying my every other week off. <laughs> we'll have to do something, though, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'll get you a fucking cake. Maybe we'll have fireworks. <gasps> I love cake. <laughs> I want cake right now. Why is there not cake in my mouth? Oh, man. Oh. I don't know. I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Every day. This is not my goddamn, mm-hmm. but I am normally not a sweets person. I love me some chips. I'm a salty, savory mm-hmm. kind of savory, some say. Yeah, I'm kinda. a sweet girl over here. Oh, fucking well, I sweet used to be up the fucking wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> used to be, not anymore. But I stopped breastfeeding, so then, like, hormones are just all fucking out of whack, which, uh, can I get a woo-woo? Woo-woo? Right breastfeeding. You done. Uh-huh. So... I'm just guessing that is why all of a sudden now I just fucking want chocolate in my mouth and sweets and everything delicious. And, like, I want the most decadent cheesecake. Ooh, and gross. triple. I love cheesecake. I here. don't like cheesecake. Or, like, triple fucking chocolate muffin. I want that. Or, like, I want chocolate ice cream with chocolate syrup and chocolate chips. Yeah. I almost <laughs> cried today when I realized that I had already finished my Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> that is worth crying over, goddammit. Yeah, it was, like, the brown anyone god oh. damn it that shit's so good mm-hmm. i need that why'd you say cake i mean i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning of life oh <laughs> uh, well it's cake yeah, fucking that's super true. double chocolate oh, chunk god damn oh yeah why won't it yeah. You're going to talk to me next week, and I'm going to be like, fuck all that shit. I got hot fries. <laughs> I know. Ooh, I want hot fries. I haven't had those in so long. Mm. I eat them, like, every other day, which is why I have extra skin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me your goddamn Aaron. Well, um, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a fucking giant-ass boat in the harbor in San Diego yes. that's on fire. Yes! Yeah, okay. I can taste it. Yeah, you yeah. can taste that shit when you walk outside. Yeah. I could smell that shit, like, in my house. I'm like, why does it smell? Smell like 
chemicals and water. I thought there was an electrical fire. And Lee was like, is our house on fire? And we were like running around outside. And I stepped outside and I was like, it smells awful, but I don't think it's our house. Yeah. Like it's down the street too. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's all fucking everywhere. It's blanketing San Diego. And everyone is like, don't exercise outside. The air quality might be a little bad. We're all getting poisoned right now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. uh, They were like, don't worry, there's nothing in there that's, like, harmful to breathe in. And they're uh, like, yeah, except for, like, the burning plastic and wires and shit. Like, yeah, all of like, that is probably bad. Don't go outside. But, like, there's no chemicals on there that's going to burn. Like, except, we're not mustard gassing your ass. Yeah, but there's a hundred million gallons of fuel on board. <laughs> so they're like, don't worry, the fire is two decks away from it. Uh, It's been going for fucking four days. Why is it still going? I was going to ask, is it out? Because I'm fucking out of touch with reality right no, now. I don't what think fu- it's out yet. I I didn't realize how hard it was to put a boat out it's like on, on fire. water. Yeah. <laughs> well, blowing my fucking mind. Every time they have like fucking helicopters doing water drops on it, right? Mm-hmm. See, and the reason I know about this is because my dad's like in the Navy. And so he's like, yo, there's a giant Guess fucking what? Navy warship on fire. You guys should go look at it. And the I'm first like, thing no. I did was Google which ship it was because that's exactly what my dad would be doing too. And I'm like, better not be the Midway. Is yeah. the Kitty here? Like, wondering yeah. about all yeah. the ships. No, there's like fucking 67 people or something that have been injured so far that's from it. That's crazy. Yeah. And my dad's like texting me like imagine if this was fucking wartime and they're out in combat like you can't get a hold of this shit i don't know man <laughs> wow but your dad's like upset he's, he's been real upset about a lot of things lately i think quarantine's getting to him <laughs> he's just like a grumpy old man he doesn't have people to argue with anymore oh, no. so he argues on facebook like with himself oh, don't do that yeah oh i love him and he argues with me in text messages and i'm like i agree i don't know <laughs> like, please don't yell at me about yeah. it like, i can't do anything <laughs> Literally not putting up a fight. But they have fucking helicopters dropping water on it, right? Mm -hmm. And then the boat started to list because it's fucking filling up with water. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. So then they had to have... So they float. (laughs) That makes sense why they're so hard to put out. (laughs) You're right. You're right. So then they had to have people pumping the water off and then pouring the water on and then pumping the water off. It's just... Listen. I don't know, man. San Diego needs to get your shit together and get that shit under control because... I walk outside and I get, like, a headache from it. Yeah, it's because we're going to die in 10 years of fucking boils popping up on our eyelids. Yeah. Someone that Brandon knows, their wife believes in conspiracy theories and things. Such like as, chemtrails? <laughs> such as chemtrails. Uh-huh. And I guess Brandon's person that he knows was outside swimming. And then the wife came out and, like, ran out and was like, they're fucking... There's chemtrails. They're poisoning us right now. Like, ah. And he this was like, this is it. Yeah. And he was like, who is they? Like, There's a boat on fire. Bitch, calm down. <laughs> this is what we've been training for our whole lives. Yeah. But that's my goddamn is like, get that shit under control because I'm tired of smelling that shit. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, at first I didn't realize what it was. I didn't connect the dots. And then like my next door app or whatever the fuck it's called, neighborhood app, just mm-hmm. was going nuts that it was from the ship and I talked to Leo's like ship's all it's like we're getting the air all the way down here and he was like yeah fucking wind blows I'm mm-hmm. like oh, god damn <laughs> dude when the fucking riots burned down that Vons or whatever it was I could smell that shit at my house mm, I was protected from that <laughs> <laughs> By them, they're hills. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the hills. It's like, oh, the wind has to go over you to get to everything else. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> You're sucking it all in. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, shit. We smell all that shit. It's good exciting. Yeah. What's your goddamn, Stace? Uh, my goddamn is, is... Is 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 is, 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 is,
I have had so much free time. Yeah. Uh, Shit's working. Compared to what I used to have. And guess what I've been doing with it? What? Mm, Binging every true crime show I've ever not been able to watch because I've been too busy researching it. Ooh, hell yeah. And I think my mental health is actually worse (laughs) because of it. Because you can cram so many stories in a couple of hours when somebody else is telling you the story. That's true. That's very true. My most recent obsession is uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's like mm. an HBO docu-series. I, th- I don't know how many fucking episodes it is. It's coming out, like, regularly, and I think they've only published three or four or something. I, I don't remember know. hearing about it, but I didn't actually ever see it, and now I don't have HBO, so okay. tell me about it. So, it's about the Golden State Killer slash oh, the yeah, yeah, East Area Rapist, whatever, yeah. and yeah. it's all Pat- Patton Oswald's wife. Oh. Uh, I should really know her name. Michelle Mix something or other, and she's fucking obsessed with... This one crime. Yeah. And so it's like following all of her research and everything. And she like documented shit and like talking to all the people who worked with her. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I'm fucking addicted. It's really good. And it's really sad because it's getting to the point in the series where it's like affecting her mental health. Because the whole time I'm watching this shit, I'm like, this girl is our people. Yeah. Like she's fucking... Googling shit and looking up eBay to find like artifacts that might be sold that could link to the case and shit. Oh my like, God. yeah, I'm like, I want to be her friend. Yeah. And then, uh, spoiler alert, she dies. You know that, right? Yeah. Like, she's yeah. no longer with us. So, yeah, it's like getting to that part in the series. So you're like, oh, mm. kind of sad. Okay. So, highly recommend it. But, I've been watching so much true crime and then doing research whenever I have to. And fucking also, by the way, I got some wireless headphones. So now I fucking just binge (laughs) true crime while I work. Literally, 100% of the day is just true crime in my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm starting to trip. (laughs) Like, (laughs) last night I woke up in the middle of the night to go pee. And I literally was like, I fucking heard something crash in the kitchen. Oh, my God. sure. Somebody is here to kill us. And then I don't even have a cat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like laying still. No, I didn't hear shit. I just like convinced myself that I had heard something. Yeah. And then the other morning I was like changing my kid's diaper on the changing table, which is in his bedroom. And he has like a mirror closet. And for some reason I was like, I feel like someone's behind me. And I like turn just a little bit. And then I see something and I fucking shoot around really fast. Like, aha! Like what is <laughs> It's the morning, right? Yeah. It was my reflection. I saw my reflection. Oh my God. And I forgot that I was wearing like dark clothes. So I saw dark thing and I like ah, jumped and I'm like Jesus Christ you're literally jumping at your own shadow <laughs> oh my god I need a break and then it was my week to research so uh, I picked the longest fucking case I could so I've done even more true crime oh my god yeah yeah girl I'm telling you I was just telling you you need to take fucking therapy <laughs> I, I seriously need some therapy oh my god okay but seriously I am enthralled and love it and my mental health I'm joking about it but I'm okay I can separate the two yeah yeah you'll be fine it's fine you're what fine. was that noise <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, are you ready for murder, then? I'm so ready to tell me all your fucking story. Okay, so this week I'm going to tell you about Rostadio. Dario. Dario. I'm saying it very, um, not right. Okay. <laughs> uh, every enunciation thingy was like Terry-O, but I know it's not Terry-O. Okay. Anyway, Rostadio. Okay. Not saying it right at all. Maybe it's Rosh. Maybe. Maybe it's Roche. <laughs> he eventually goes by, like, the nickname Rock. Oh, good. Let's call him that. Mm, I hate it. I'm calling him Roche. Okay. So, Roche Terrio was born in Quebec, Canada on May 16th, 1947. Oh, in Quebec, eh? In Quebec, eh? But he was French. 
Oh, okay. French-Canadian. Got mm-hmm. it. Uh, he was the second of seven children Oof. and was the oldest boy. Mm-hmm. When he was young, he was always known as a very intelligent boy, and he was always outgoing, and he loved to learn. However, by the time that he had reached seventh grade, he decided to drop out of school. Okay. So, well, you know, you're an adult now. <laughs> Make your own decisions. <laughs> Mom has seven kids. You think she's fucking keeping track of all of them? Right. She's like, whatever, go ahead. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Just don't be in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so he grew up with a very religious father, and Rosh claims that his father was also very abusive towards him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true or not, but... Rosh ends up despising organized religion and more specifically his father's practicing religion, which was Catholicism. Okay. He would also complain about his childhood as a way to get attention. Like Mm -hmm. he would say, oh, I get so beaten all the shit. And everybody would be like, oh, my God, you poor boy. And he loved the attention. Mm hmm. On November 11th, 1967, Rosh ends up marrying a woman by the name of Francine. And they move to Montreal, where they have two sons over the next three years. So he starts a family. Yeah. Got it. While there, he developed some ulcers, and he had a surgery to repair them. And he ended up getting some, like, complications from the surgery or some shit. Ooh. But this caused him to take, like, a great interest in medicine, and he took it upon himself to teach him about the anat like, to teach himself about the anatomy of the body and mm-hmm. about medicine, right? So now yeah. he's like, I'm a fucking expert because I had an ulcer once. Yeah, and so he's like, I'm going to start an MLM with fucking essential oils. <laughs> Dude, you're not far off. <laughs> He eventually moved his family back to Quebec and took up woodworking as a way to bring in money for the family. And he would, like, go off to this land somewhere and he'd fucking whittle away his masterpieces to go sell. And while he was away whittling his shit, he was actually having an affair and cheating on his wife. Ooh, that'll do it. Yep. Not a good look. Rosh was also starting to drink heavily. Mm -hmm. And eventually his little scheme was exposed. Like, I'm not just, like, going up to the... Woods to whittle wood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm whittling different kinds of wood. Yeah. She's whittling my wood. Yeah. I was like, there's a joke in there somewhere about boners. <laughs> I can't figure it out because I'm tired. <laughs> okay. So, right. He's exposed. And uh, his wife is like, well, fuck you. Later, loser. I want out of this relationship. Yeah. And this woman that he was sleeping with was a lady by the name of Giselle. Ooh. Okay. Giselle's so- a Jezebel. Mm-hmm. So around this same time, Rosh ends up discovering this church called the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay. Have I've you heard of them? Have you? Okay. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it's a Protestant Christian denomination which observes Saturday as the day of worship or like the Sabbath instead of Sunday. Okay. And there's also a huge emphasis on health and wholeness, meaning that you can't drink alcohol, you can't smoke cigarettes or do drugs or anything. Mm. And also you can't eat meat. Mm, not my kind of church. No. <laughs> I mean, it's probably really good for you, though. Uh, they you can't by- eat meat? But you need protein. I mean, you can get that I mean, unless you're vegetarian. Yeah. I guess you can get sh- yeah. Yeah. beans. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, it's a lot of hummus to try and get my goddamn protein. <laughs> I love hummus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They live by this, like, abbreviation called New Start, which stands for Nutrition, Exercise, Water, Sunlight, Temperance. Weird. Air, Rest, Trust in the Divine Power. So... Just to give you a little gist so about what this started. Yep. <laughs> new started. 
Did... <laughs> missing some letters there, but They're all just right. like, trust in the divine power. We'll just put a T at the end. Uh, trust in the divine power. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, fuck. Take out the spaces. Squeeze that all in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like the 1-800 numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We had a baby. It's a boy. Yeah. You can keep typing, but it only matters for the first seven. <laughs> exactly. So just to give you an idea what that church is about, right? Mm-hmm. So this dude who's off fucking ladies in the woods when he has a family at home and who drinks booze is like, aha, I have now found have my found it. Yeah. yeah. So Rosh really likes the teaching of the Adventist and he converted from his Catholicism, I guess the one that he fucking hated because of his dad, mm-hmm. to the Seventh-day Adventist church. Okay. And he begins to heavily practice the holistic beliefs, meaning that he stopped drinking. Nice. Um, I guess the church would like meet every Saturday in some motel room and he was one of the most devout followers mm. and he became obsessed with the teachings. Okay. And he would brag and boast to other members of the church about how devout he was. <laughs> seems so silly. Yeah. Like, also, they're meeting in a motel room. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I fucking don't eat meat so hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I haven't even had a drink in so long. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, I had that one piece of jerky. I was hungry, dude. <laughs> like, give yeah, me a man. break. I mean, I used the whole animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so he also became super obsessed with the Old Testament and, like, this whole idea about an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He really believed that the end of the world was coming any day and that there would be this great war between good and evil, and he felt his overwhelming need to prepare for the apocalypse. Dude, I, not gonna lie, would kind of love to live in that, like, type of reality. Like, I want I want my brain to be like, this is a thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, aha, I will quit everything I am doing. <laughs> yeah. Imagine having such a purpose in life. That sounds true. nice. That's true. This guy's fucking crazy, just so you know. Well, sounds you like not tell because I'm talking about him a lot. <laughs> uh, so he would go door to door with these like little fucking flyers uh, for the Adventist church. And he was really charismatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was really good at getting new parishioners to join the church. Yeah. And he was given the task at running this seminar on how to quit smoking because he was so good. They were like, damn, you're great. You're yeah. so convincing. Yeah, you haven't even smoked in so long. Yeah, and he was like, I fucking haven't smoked so hard. In running these seminars, he started to gain some pretty devout followers himself, mm-hmm. like in him. And there was actually 10 main followers who really looked up to him. And they would often go to Giselle's apartment where, like, I guess... Rosh was, like, spending most of his time. Mm-hmm. And they would hang out. So now he has a cult. Got it. Ah, you pick up things quickly. <laughs> so most of the followers were young. They were, like, 19 or 20. And uh-huh. they were women. Not all of them, but most of them. Okay. Um, And they would still be living at home with their parents. So he's, like, got all these fucking followers at Giselle's apartment, right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, all you awesome kids going to college you should drop out because the end of the world is coming so you're wasting your time on education there's no need for you to learn anything because you're not going to need what's in those books you're going to need fucking life experience heart yeah and also he dropped out at seventh grade so he's like look how great i am yeah he doesn't want people getting smarter than him yeah (laughs) so some of the other women in the group started to take an interest in rosh like sexually Mm -hmm. and giselle would get really jealous of the attention that he would get from these women Mm -hmm. so we're getting a little uh animosity building up Mm -hmm. and he was like no no no, sweetheart i I have to bone all these women (laughs) yeah it's what god wants it's what god wants (laughs) i have to spread my seed because you see how i'm fucking preaching all this wonderful stuff you need to make more of me yeah 
Okay, so you're really, really on to something. I know how cults work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Adventist church was like, yo, I'm starting to notice this little, like, side group form, and I'm worried that your followers are more interested in you than they are in the actual teaching of the church, right? Yeah. And Rosh was like, no, 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 you've got the wrong idea here. And so he really dove into this whole, like, healthy and wellness aspect of the religion, and he and his followers opened up this, like, healing clinic where they claimed that they could heal any ailment anyone had, mm-hmm. but, like, give me cash first, and I'll oh, prove it to you. Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You can't just cure cancer for free. <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. And the church was like, okay, let's see where this is going. <laughs> and so well, he's bringing in a lot of money. <laughs> so And so this little... um. Side hustle? Crew. We'll call them a crew. (laughs) Okay. Uh, They started to wear uniforms at Rosh's suggestion. Oh, Lord. And they wore ankle-length tunics. Oh, no. The women were green and the men wore beige. Did the men also wear ankle-length tunics? They did. But, of course, Rosh had a special color. He wore brown. Um, oh, that's a fucking shitty color. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> in doing this, they grew their followers, like, by this little clinic, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they grew their followers, and more people joined their little break-off cult. It was a cult. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean crew. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, all of the women who joined basically fell in love with Rosh right away, and they would do anything he asked. Mm-hmm. Some men who had joined, they literally sold everything they owned to give to the cult, mm-hmm. and uh, they would move their entire family to come live in this little sort of commune on this, like, healthy living whatever fucking clinic place. Okay. So, Giselle, his, like, bottom bitch, right? Yeah. Uh, She was getting really worried that he was going to leave her for one of the other women. And so she acted quickly and she proposed to him. Oh, okay. And he was like, all right. And he agreed to get married. But he continued to flirt with all of the other women and show them affection and shit. Mm -hmm. So the marriage was basically, like, a show to be like, yeah, we're fucking together. And then also it helped him out because the church then sees, like, see, look, he's not fucking around with these other women. He is married to this one. Yeah, yeah. He's so virtuous. He's so virtuous. But his little scheme didn't work because the church was like, what the hell is this man doing? This isn't like our fucking plan. you got this whole clinic running. People are living there. What the hell's going on? Yeah, it's not what we're about. Yeah. So they went to the parents of these women that were joining his cult and they were like, yo, you need to get those girls out of there. Like, this isn't what our church teaches. This is something else. This is something more dangerous. Oh, shit. And the parents were like, oh, hold the fuck up. Let me go check that out. And they would go talk to their daughters. But the girls wouldn't listen to their parents, obviously. They're, like, fucking 20, like, ah, ah, let me spread my wings and fly. Yeah. Right? They're like, you just don't know, Mom. The end is nigh. Exactly. And so, <laughs> nigh. <laughs> <laughs> and so the parents got so worked up that they even got the cops involved. Oh. And the cops came out and talked to these women, and they were like, no, like, we just believe in his teachings. Like, I, there's nothing wrong. Whatever. Like, I mean, they we, are technically adults. Yeah. So the cops didn't do anything. Yeah. In March of 1978, a woman by the name of Geraldine, she was 38 years old and she was diagnosed with leukemia. Ooh. She was undergoing the cancer treatment when her husband had somehow ran into Rosh in town. Mm-hmm. And Rosh convinced the man to let him visit Geraldine in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And when Rosh got there, he started like yelling at the doctors for giving her so much medicine. And he talked the husband into bringing Geraldine back to the healthy living clinic. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And he was like, he was check running. out all this snake oil I have. Exactly. And he was like, let me heal her. All the medicine is just killing her. I can fix her. Mm-hmm. And so his treatment for her cancer was organic foods and grape juice. <laughs> she obviously died from cancer. 
Okay. Yeah. That's really fucked up. (laughs) Super fucked up. Dude, how bad does that husband have to feel? Yeah, right? And so when she died, like the night she died, Rosh claims that he went in and kissed her on the forehead and she woke up like she revived. She came back to life. Yeah. But then she died again because, you know, if God wants you, not even Rosh can save you. Mm. Like God's going to take you. But he has fucking healing powers in his lips. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Uh, I guess. I wa- I cannot believe people are buying this shit, by the way. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. When when my mom was going through cancer, there were people that are like, all you have to do is drink mushroom tea. <laughs> yeah, like, if that were it, then we'd all be fucking cured. Yeah, literally. And so, I'm sure it doesn't hurt, but like. Yeah. We had so much fucking mushroom tea in the house. My mom was like, "It's can you just drink it with me? And I was like, I mean, I guess. It tastes like fucking dirt. <laughs> I was like, I know, but just do it. It'll make them happy. It's like, I guess. Your poor mom, man. Just let me fucking eat my goddamn shit that I want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I just want a fucking cheese sandwich. (laughs) Whatever you want, baby, I got you. (laughs) Here's your cheese sandwich. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so God God ends up taking Geraldine. (laughs) Yeah. Despite Rosh's best efforts. Okay. In April of 1978, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, they were like, dude, you got to go, Rosh. Like, this you're is too much. You're being fucking voted. We had a vote and you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you are off the island. Yeah. So he got voted <laughs> off the island, a.k.a. was not allowed to be a member of the church anymore. Yeah. So now he's free of having to prove anything to the church, though. Ooh. And okay. he decides that his cult is allowed to drink again. Yes. He decides a lot of things that his cult is now allowed to do. Ooh. One of the things is he's like, I need to marry off all of these women and men together. Like, they're just running around willy-nilly. Yeah. And I'm going to start marrying them. So he would pick at random. Like what women would marry which went which men, and even if they didn't want to get married, he was like, "You're a fucking couple now." Ugh. And Rosh would perform the ceremony, even though he didn't have like the authority or credentials to do so. Uh-huh. Um, and in these ceremonies, he would ramble on about how the woman's role was to be subservient to men. Uh. Fuck your cult, gross. <laughs> okay, cut to Giselle. She's pregnant with Rosh's baby, mm-hmm. and she's continuously having to battle for his attention. So she tells Rosh, you either dismantle the band, like break up the fucking cult, (laughs) Uh and make everyone go find a new home, or I'm going to leave and go live with my dad. Yeah. Well, Rosh didn't like this very much, so he punched her in the mouth. Oh, fuck. then he forbid her to leave her room for two days. Oh, he forbade it, did he? He for fucking baited that shit. (laughs) I'd be like... (gasps) Oh, I'm gone. Oh, later, loser. Yeah. Or at least I'd like to think that I would be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Well, and then you have to think here, everybody in this cult is also a victim, right? Yeah. So it's hard, but also you're like, just run. Yeah. (laughs) But they're getting fucking hoodwinked. Oh, yeah. And she's scared, right? Okay. So. And And she's pregnant with his kid. That sucks. That's the worst. So June of 1978, this little, like, healthy living clinic thing that they were running, uh, commune thingamajig. Yeah. Well, Rosh and his team were starting to get a pretty bad rep in the town because, like, their patient, their their death rate was pretty high. (laughs) Yeah, their cancer (laughs) patients were dying. Yeah. And so. Their uh, cure rate was kind of low. Yeah, not looking too good. And so he decided it was time to move the commune. Mm-hmm. As most good snake oil salesmen do. <laughs> yeah, those fucking gypsies. Yeah, sell as much as you can and then get the fuck out. Oh, God. So they basically wandered around a bunch in the woods and shit until Rosh was like, I had a vision on February 17th, 
1979, there would be a giant storm Ooh. with boulder-sized hail. And That's really big hail. <laughs> it's like the biggest hail you've ever seen. By the way, if the apocalypse is coming, it will not be by just hail, for the record. I, I mean, I don't know. What are the other signs? Do you do you realize? Locust. Do you <laughs> bl- blood? Yeah. I don't know. Do you realize the amount of hail that would need to be fucking rained down upon to hit every surface of this earth to kill every person? I mean, wasn't there an ice age? They could do it with a comet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how so the dinosaurs things, died. So many things to say to that. <laughs> Listen, I'm not smart. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's just let's just go on. Okay. So he's like fucking dicking around in the woods, and he's like, "I had a vision. There's going to be these boulder-sized hail. Yeah, we're all going to get picked off one by one. Yeah, except for us, because as long as we build this little commune, we'll be spared. Like." If we make a righteous life for ourselves out here in this woods, yeah. God's going to be like, fuck everybody else, but yeah. these woods are safe. Yeah. Not you guys. You guys are cool. Yeah. And everybody was like, fuck yeah. So they found this like isolated hill and they began to like set up camp. And Rosh named the camp Eternal Mountain. Mm-hmm. And they started to build this large communal cabin. Okay. All right. So they've got all the followers doing some kick-ass work in the summer heat in these long-ass tunics or robes or whatever. And so Rosh was like, we can change your outfits to not be so intense. I didn't write down what they were, but just now get out of your mind that they're wearing these tunics because now they're wearing, like, fucking T-shirts and khakis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And Giselle is fucking pregnant as fuck out there in these woods. Oh, yeah. She's getting the appropriate prenatal care from their commune. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Care, though, right? I'm sure she's sucking on some fucking rosemary and thyme. Oh, God. And parsley and sage. <laughs> all right. I bet that's not all she's sucking on. <laughs> okay. So when they were digging the, the hole for the well for the commune mm-hmm. and they hit the water table, Rosh was like, it's a fucking miracle. Like, he no, thought it's a fucking water table. <laughs> Science. He thought that God had, like, blessed them with water. Yeah. Um, he would ration out the food to the followers. And if anybody ever comes complained about being hungry, he would obviously punish them. Yeah, you can't be hungry here. Oh, also... That's how much God said you should have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, me. fucking ear to... Ear... Mouth to ear. What's that? To God. You know ear what I mean. Ear to God. From God's lips to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Is God just making out with people? <laughs> Is it from God's lips to your ears? <laughs> then I guess it's to your mouth. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm offending everyone. I'm so disturbed right now. We haven't even gotten to the scary part of my story. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, so God was just slapping his lips on everybody's mouth. (laughs) Just on his. Just on Rosh's. Yeah. And he was like... He told me how much food you can have, and it yeah. was this much. Okay, so while all this shit is going on, and they're building this commune around <laughs> right. him. just got the giggles now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so uh, while all this shit was going on, they're building the cabin around Rosh. He's yeah. like, oh, guys, I really wish I could help, 
but like my tummy hurts. Because remember he had that ulcer? Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, it's cancer. It wasn't cancer. It was the ulcer <laughs> that came back that didn't get magically here, cured by his fucking <laughs> essential well, he oils. Had, he had surgery for that one. So I'm not even quite sure he even had stomach pains, but he would oh. say that. So he was like, I can't help you build all this shit. I'll just sit back. And Why like, doesn't he heal himself? Or I don't know. So I would say if I was them, I'd be like, yo, bro, maybe help out. Why don't you go ahead and heal yourself? Your story's full of holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dick was just like, I'm going to fucking chill. And they were like, all right, sounds great, Rosh. Where do you want me to put this lock? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want the fucking profit to have to do any work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so also another thing Rosh did was tell all of his followers that their families were basically doomed because they didn't believe in what Rosh believed in. Mm -hmm. And so that they shouldn't talk to them, right? Because then they're doomed also. Yep. Step two, isolate from the family. Yeah, we're checking the boxes. Yeah. Some people found this all to be a little too much, and so they called BS on Rosh and his beliefs, and they left the commune. Oh, good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And he never forced them to stay, but he would basically talk smack and be like, well, they're for sure gonna die. (laughs) So, you know, sick burn. <laughs> you can okay. tell we're tired. <laughs> it's, it's 11 o'clock at night, guys. Oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. Seriously, though. Okay. Murder. Yeah. So... Uh, the people who stayed, Rosh was like, listen, we're going to change some things up around here. Everybody's getting new names. Yeah. And so he picked names from the Old Testament and he renamed everybody in the group. Now, listen. Except you. You're a laser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish somebody was named Laser. That would have been fucking amazing. Okay. But. I wrote everybody's real fucking name because fuck you, Rosh. Yeah. Also, he was like, my new name is Moses. Oh, no. <laughs> That's like getting to pick the best thing first. Like, we're going to take turns and uh, we can each fucking pick a half. And then you're like, I go first. And then you pick the biggest half. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Let's play football. But I'm Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> let's play Power Rangers. I'm the pink one. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. You didn't even give me a chance. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so that's what this motherfucker did on the Old Testament names. <laughs> okay. Sounds uh, sounds like something he would do. Okay, so anybody else listening, and when I say names and you're like, that's not from the Old Testament, it's their real God-given name. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, listen, I didn't pick them. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't make them up, man. It's their God-given name. <laughs> uh, apparently it's not, according to Rosh. Okay, so now Giselle is six months pregnant with mm-hmm. Rosh's kid. Yeah. And she found out that, surprise, Rosh has been sleeping with the other women. Aw, oh, man. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. hmm And so she was so hurt that she ran out of the cabin, and Rosh chased her down, mm-hmm. and then he put his hands around her throat and started to choke her out. Okay, but listen, she didn't do anything wrong. She literally was just like... I'm so hurt and ran away. Yeah. And he was like, you're not running for me. I'm mad at you. And he's like, well, you know how like when someone gets mad at you and then you instinctively get mad at them back? Like, well, fuck you. I'm mad too. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know why I'm mad. Yeah. You get defensive. Yeah. This motherfucker got defensive. Yeah, I guess. And so he started to choke her out, but he stopped and it scared the shit out of Giselle and she agreed to go back to the commune. Uh, those two sentences don't go together. <laughs> no, no. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, he almost just tried to kill me. I should get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but you can't, like, run away. He's right here. So she agrees to go back. I mean, I guess. You could go at nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you're six months pregnant in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's rough. On a mountain. Or a hill. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel and like it wasn't a mountain. All mountains. I feel like I'm just getting judgy. Like it wasn't a mountain. <laughs> it was a hill Ugh. at best. Exaggerating much? Okay. So then Rosh was like, uh, guess what, everybody? I have a new idea. All of these previous marriages that I have fucking ordained, they're all declared like not real. Null. He nulls yeah. them all. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck it, you're not really married anymore. Instead, the women are going to all marry me. Well, duh. Yeah. So now he has a lot of wives. Logical next step. Mm-hmm. Got and it. then some of these people that were in this commune were legit married to each other when they joined the commune. Oh. But now Rosh is like, that's no longer your wife. That's my wife. And the guys were like, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So bad. Yeah. So on November 18th, 1978, the whole like Jonestown massacre shit went down. Yeah. You know. You're familiar. I'm familiar. And Rosh was, like, super interested in it, and he followed it a lot. And he ran around telling everybody that he had actually had a vision that this was going to happen. Like, oh. I fucking knew it. But you didn't say anything about it until after? Right? Mm. Mm. Your vision's full of holes. Get out of here with your bullshit. Okay, but because of this, all of the families of the girls and shit, they were like, uh, nah, fuck this. I'm calling the cops now because that's what my daughter's in. My daughter's in a similar cult. I need to go save her. Yeah. So the police came and they evaluated Rosh and they found that he was like a delusional fucking quack because he rambled on about everything. But they didn't have any other evidence that he was like abusing them or they didn't have the evidence of like the food rationing or anything like that. And they can't stop him from practicing his religion. So they couldn't do anything. Mm. By the way, none of the followers were like, blink twice if you're being held captive. (laughs) They were like, nah, he's fucking great. Yeah. He's the bee's knees. Well, they all like him. Yeah. That's fucking scary. Oh, they are fucking brainwashed. Okay, so Rosh's next step was to get rid of the healthy diet of the Adventists, right? He was like, "Mm, I want to fucking eat some junk food and meat. I want a goddamn cheeseburger. Exactly. But they didn't have, like, a lot of money. So he would take the women and have them do sexual favors to the local businessmen so that they could trade it for food and stuff that they needed to survive. Gross. Stand-up man, right? Yeah. He also started drinking alcohol again, and he would go on these, like, hour-long drunken sermons, rambling on, and if anybody ever fell asleep during them, he would hit them across the head with a four-inch thick club. Oh, my God. He sounds like a fun guy at a party. That sounds like a concussion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. He would often make people strip their clothing in the winter, and they would have to go stand in the snow as a form of punishment if they ever did anything he didn't like. Sometimes they wouldn't even know what the fuck it is they did that pissed him off, and he would just be like, get out in the snow. Oh, my God. One time, a pregnant woman by the name of Maurice, she ate two more pancakes than Rosh had allocated to her. And so he punched her in the side, breaking two of her ribs. <gasps> she was fucking pregnant. Oh, my God. She's supposed to be eating for two. I know. Uh, by the way, it didn't say anything about the baby, but I'm going to assume the baby was all right. Okay. Uh, so Marie started to talk about how she wanted to leave the commune because she was like, ah, fucking this shit sucks. Ribs. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, that really sucked back there. Yeah. And Rosh had overheard this and he instructed her real life husband, who was also in the commune, like they were married in like the actual eyes of law. Yeah. Law, you know, <laughs> uh, his name was Jacques. And so Rosh told Jacques that he needed to cut off one of her toes what as a fuck? form of punishment using an axe. Oh, my God. First yeah. of all, how do you get one toe with an axe? Accuracy, bro. <laughs> Like, can you do some practice swings? Because you're going to get my whole fucking foot or, like, all my toes. Oh, my God. Every time I think of practice swings with an axe, which isn't often, I think of Titanic. <laughs> That's weird. Cause oh, because she, she was yeah. horrible at hitting the fucking pipe or whatever. Yeah, and he was like, do some practice swings. 
And then she hit the like fucking cabinet and he was like, close enough. <laughs> Uh, Titanic. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. Okay, anyway. So yeah, I, I don't know if there was practice swings or what, but Jacques was like, uh, no, man, I'll pass. I don't want to cut off my wife's fucking toe. She's pregnant also. Yeah. Her fucking feet are swollen as hell anyway. Yeah, leave her toes alone. Yeah. So Raj got crazy and he grabbed the axe and he was screaming at him, if you don't cut off her toe, I'm going to cut off all of her fucking toes. <gasps> and so her husband grabbed the axe and chopped off one of her small toes. What? The fuck? Okay, so when you say one of her small toes, you yeah. clearly mean one of her pinky toes. I don't know. It just said small toes. How are you going to get one of the fucking middle small ones <laughs> with an X? Maybe she stubbed her toe earlier, so it was already, like, off her foot. Oh, my God. He yeah. should have grabbed the axe and then cut off fucking Rosh's, Rosh's face. I know, but this is what I mean. They're, like, victims also. Yeah. They're brainwashed. Oh, my God. That's horrible. And they're, like, isolated on this fucking mountain with this crazy man who claims to be Moses. Yeah, man, but they all just fucking came together and built a fucking compound. They could do great things. I know, but they're not going to. Okay. They're going to do awful things. By the way, heads heads up. so pissed if Brandon cut off my toe. That's like legit one of my worst fears. Especially pregnant. Oh. Oh, my God. You bleed so much. It's so swollen. I am carrying your child, you motherfucker. (laughs) Well, no, she's probably carrying Rosh's. Actually, I think this one is... Jacques. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, so from that incident on, Jacques kind of becomes like Rosh's main enforcer in the crew. Yeah. I don't think I really go on to write like exactly what he fucking did. I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Let me just interrupt myself. In case I forget later on, mm-hmm. every fucking trigger warning that you could think of, think of it in your head and mark it for later because I'll probably read it and forget to yell trigger warning and I don't want everybody to be mad at me. Okay, I'll just be prepared the whole time. (laughs) This is about to be fucked up. Like, every word that is about to leave my mouth, just be like, is this the trigger? Is it gonna happen? (laughs) Okay, so. Okay. Because it triggered the fuck out of me. Okay. I read this story a long time ago and I was like, I'm gonna do it. And then I read all of it and I was like, I am not doing that story. Oh no. And then I had to pick a story and I was like, oh yeah, I remember reading this. This was crazy. And so I started like, researching and writing like before I read the full story and then I got to the end and I was like I remember why I don't want to do this story (laughs) great so sorry everybody don't hate me but it's a crazy fucking story okay so Jacques he is now one of Rosh's main enforcers for punishment yeah okay so that February 17th date with like the boulders are gonna like fall from the sky made of ice and they're gonna kill everybody except for us well it came and went without the hail fuck and Rosh was like well listen (laughs) Time passes differently for me than God, so we probably just got our dates mixed up. (laughs) I did RSVP, right? (laughs) But it could come any day now. Yeah. So keep it up. (laughs) So don't worry about it. Yeah. It's coming. Minor details. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the outside world, these people who had fled the group previously, they were starting to talk to the press about how batshit crazy stuff was back on Eternal Mountain. Yeah. And the police get involved again. So they show up in a motherfucking helicopter. Oh, shit. They air raid this place. Yeah. And they arrest Rosh for obstruction of justice. Oh. And he was court ordered to undergo like a psyche vow. Yeah. By the way, there's so much you could read on this fucking story. I am summing the fuck up out of this, and it's still a long-ass story. Okay. All right, so he's ordered to go get the psyche valve. The whole time Rosh was gone, Giselle kept the commune up and running. 
Like, so the commune was still a thing. Oh, my God. While Rosh was under the care of this psych doc, he explained to him that he had saved everyone on the mountain from a life of drug and abuse. Yep. And he was basically giving them a better life, right? And teaching them about God. And you can live a better life through this simple lifestyle, right? Yeah. With these three easy steps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give me all your money right now. Yeah. Give me all your money. Give me all your wives. And the doctor was like, fuck yeah, that's like a great way to live life. You're getting a bad rap. And he viewed Rosh as like this gentle mountain man who had just a different lifestyle than us. But that didn't make him mentally insane. So he deemed him sane. Okay. He fucking bamboozled the doctor. He bamboozled the fuck out of the doctor. Well, you said this guy was super like convincing and charming and shit. Yeah. That's exactly what he did to the doctor. This doctor is like his friend, basically, from here on forward. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So Rosh ends up standing trial for obstruction of justice, and he gets one year suspended sentence. So even though the doctor was like, he's legally sane, like, whatever, Mm -hmm. they still were like, okay, you fucking obstructed justice somehow. (laughs) Yeah. And we can prove it by this. And so he ends up getting one year suspended sentence, and he got to go back to the commune. So basically, don't do anything suspicious for a year and you're chill, right? Yeah. So meanwhile, somehow, a woman by the name of Gabrielle, back on Eternal Mountain, she Mm -hmm. was like a, I think she was a younger, like a child of somebody. And they like gave her to Rosh to be like, you can care for her. Ew. Yeah. I don't, I didn't write all the full details of Giselle or Gabrielle. But Gabrielle ends up falling into a coma. Oh. And she ends up dying on Eternal Mountain. Oh, shit. So the authorities show up and they take her body for an autopsy because they're like, we were just investigating you for some fishy shit. And now you got some fishy fucking death. Yep. And Rosh like swore like he didn't want her body to leave the mountain. But obviously the police came and took her. And so he swore that from that moment on anyone else who died on the mountain, they stayed there. And he wanted them all buried at the foot of the mountain. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So that happened. By the way, nothing ever came of Gabrielle's death or whatever. Like, it was just like, like, oh, she went into a coma and she died. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the families were suspicious or anything. They were just like, oh, man. And Rosh was like, her body belongs to be with us. Like, it should be here. Yeah. And he was really upset about it. Okay. Okay. So November of 1980, a man by the name of Guy Veer joins the group. And he basically did, like, hard labor, and he would watch the commune's children. Okay. Uh, he also had some mental issues. I don't know what they were. But he, That's like— the best person to watch the kids. Not a great idea. So there were three children on the commune that weren't Rosh's, and then there were three children that were his, mm-hmm. like, born of his fucking seed. <laughs> and so Rosh determined that Guy wasn't mentally stable enough to watch his children, but that he could watch the other three children. Well, yeah, they're not fucking sons of, his of prophets. Seed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, how fucked up is this? Rosh would refer to the other three children as the animals because Ew. they weren't his kids. Yeah. Like, he did not treat them well at all. Okay. Listen, here's the thing, though. If somebody doesn't treat my kid well, like, I instantly hate you. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But these women were won over. Ugh, I hate it. Okay, so one night, Rosh has this party. And Guy, trigger warning, Guy was watching uh, the other three children. Mm-hmm. And one of the children, who was named Samuel... He was two years old, and he was the child of Maurice, the lady who didn't have her toe, right? Yeah. So that child kept Guy up, supposedly, uh, through the night because he was crying. Oh, God, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. kept crying. Well, Guy got upset, and he started screaming at the kid, picked him up by the throat, and punched him. (gasps) 
five to six times until <gasps> he stopped screaming. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, the child was found in the morning alive. Okay. But not awake. Oh. And evidently, this is fucking major, major trigger warning. Because I was like, what the fuck? Okay. So in the morning... He was alive, but not awake. And evidently, the child's penis was swollen. And so, Rosh decided to sterilize some scissors and some alcohol <gasps> and cut the tip of what? the penis. <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. I laugh every time because I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. and um, Like to drain it of the swelling? Uh, he cut it with some scissors <gasps> so that the urine could escape, quote-unquote. Oh, Fuck. Needless to say, the child died the next morning. Oh, my God. That's so sad. That is the official version that Rosh gave in court. Okay? That's what he said happened that night. Okay. But there are totally different accounts depending on who you talk to. Oh, my for God. Example, this poor baby. I fucking know. You're going to start hating the parents for joining this commune. Okay. So, uh, Giselle says that that morning after the party, the child was found with a bruise on his face, but like nothing else was wrong with him. Yeah. But for some reason, Rosh decided that the child needed to be circumcised. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. And so Rosh took 94% ethanol solution and he sterilized a razor and then he filled a rubber bulb with the alcohol solution. (gasps) I know. I was really afraid with where this was going. It's not nearly as bad as what you're thinking. He okay. squeezed the solution into the child's mouth as a form of anesthetic. Okay. Yeah, you thought it was going somewhere else. I did. Oh, I God. did, too. I, I stopped reading because I thought that's where it was going. And then I read it and I was like, okay, okay. Not great, but okay. Oh. Um, however, the alcohol was too much for the child and he ended up dying of alcohol poisoning. Oh. So small mercy? I guess, because you gave a fucking two-year-old a shot of fucking moonshine, essentially. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, I don't know if that's the truth either, because that's Giselle's account. Okay. I think I mentioned this later, but Guy's account, the guy who's actually being, like, accused of hurting the child, he says that a horse kicked the child in the head, and that's how he got bruised. Mm, Don't know the truth. Okay. Either way, Rosh did the cutting and the snipping. But I just hope that child was already, like, out. Oh, my God. Okay. I hate it. So now that the child is dead, Rosh decided that they needed to burn the body because if they buried him, the birds and the bears might carry him away. And so that's what they did. They burned the body and they kept living life like nothing had happened. Mm -hmm. Like, even the mom, Maurice. She was even like, okay, got it. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It's going to get worse. Oh, I don't like it. I'm so sorry. Why this do you story do this to me? makes me not feel good. No. Okay. Six months later, Raj got pissed at Guy for something he did, but not at killing this kid, supposedly, but something else. He gets mad and he decided that Guy needed to be put on trial for his crimes. So he made some fake ass courtroom in the middle of the giant commune and they held a trial mm-hmm. uh, and they found Guy. The whole commune was involved. Like, you get to be the jury, whatever, blah. Mm -hmm. And they found Guy not guilty by reason of insanity of whatever the fuck it was Rosh was, like, accusing him of. Okay. But Rosh didn't like this, and he decided that Guy needed to be castrated as a form of punishment. Jesus. All the guys are going to hate this story. Don't worry, Aaron. Girls will hate it, too. Just wait. Oh, my God. So Guy was like, um, no, thanks, man. I'm good. I don't want to be castrated. Whatever. You know what? I don't think I actually believe anymore. Yeah, I think I disagree. I'm going to go. But somehow, Rosh talked him into being castrated. Talked him into it? Talked him fucking 
into like, it. I no, can't even man, talk. That's how shocking this it is. This is from God's lips to my sword. Mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's is castrated hold- taking the dick, too? Uh, taking the balls. Just the balls. Okay. Taking the balls. <laughs> taking the balls. Taking the balls. <laughs> okay. So, Rosh was like, listen, bro, <laughs> you let me take your nuts, and this will alleviate all of your headaches that you've been complaining about. Okay. And it'll help you stop obsessively masturbating, which well, is that's... leading to your respiratory issues. Okay. I was going to say, well, that's probably true. I mean, it'll make you stop obsessively masturbating. But, like, are you masturbating yourself out of breath? Do you have asthma? What is happening? I don't know. I can only imagine the dude was like, I'm feeling short of breath. And he was like, it's because you masturbate too much. Oh, my God. I have no idea. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure he was complaining of headaches because this guy was like, that's a fucking great idea. And so Rosh had Guy write and sign a consent form to be castrated. Yeah. So Rosh gets a rubber band. Oh, my God. It's so hard for me to not laugh when you squirm. Okay. So he gets a rubber band and a razor blade. It's easier to do it with your teeth, apparently. According to Mike Rowe. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Ew, did he do it with his teeth? Yeah. That nasty motherfucker. I'm like a goat or something. Why? I don't know. They were like, that's how we do it. And he was like, well, fuck, I'll do it. I, if I ever had a dirty job that Micro needed to be on, I would convince him that that's the way to do it. Yeah. You got to bite the goat's balls off or something. Oh, Lord, baby yeah. Jesus. Okay. I don't know, man. Well, listen, Rosh didn't bite him. He got a rubber band, a razor blade, and a magnifying glass, some tweezers, cool. ethanol, and some Kleenex. Why do you need a magnifying glass? I'm Listen, that's just rude. <laughs> Insult to injury, fuck. <laughs> just in case I can't find them. <laughs> like a fucking clue detective magnifying glass. <laughs> Can you imagine? Do you some... think it was one of the ones that he hangs over his neck? <laughs> like, like old ladies use for quilting? Yeah, sits right like there on his chest. chest. <laughs> He's like, okay, mm, now where are those balls? <laughs> Oh, God. Fuck. Probably. Okay. okay so, um, evidently, the procedure was shockingly painless. I don't know. With the like, rubber band, it who. should be. Yeah. Right, psycho. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it like that. <laughs> I'm well-versed in castration. Oh, I don't even know what it was. Uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, so listen. Uh, the testicles were removed, and they were thrown away in that Kleenex that he got. Oh. And Guy was instructed to put... A uh, saltwater compress on the on the wound every twenty minutes, and to eat a lot of iron. I guess the site bled for a week, but it did heal, and guy never complained of a headache again. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> what are you going to take next? I can't take credit for that headache comment because it was in the article I read, and I laughed so hard. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So this is only the beginning of Rosh's torment on Guy. He would play this game where he would instruct his followers to stab Guy in the chest over and over again with the intent of killing him by bleeding him out, only to, at the last second, call it off. So he'd be like, Aaron, stab Guy in the fucking chest, and he'd have him all tied up and give you a knife. And then right before you did it, he'd be like, stop. And it was like him playing God, like, okay, oh Guy, God. I'm letting you live. Yeah. This has something to do with some story in the fucking Bible about Abraham and Isaac and shit. Okay. <laughs> but that's yeah. what he was emulating. I know exactly which one. <laughs> ah, yes. Prometheus and Bob. Ah, yes. 
1920. Ah, uh, yes, Austin 316. Got it. Oh my God, we're so dumb. Okay, so he's playing God, right? Yeah. And Guy never actually got stabbed. I don't think. Anyway, that's what I'm assuming. It's a fucking power trip that he's on. So on November 5th, Guy escapes from the commune. He's like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh Uh-huh. And he left without his balls. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, are you going to take him with you? They're going to get him pickled. Uh, (gasps) Funny you should say that. Oh, God. Something gets kind of pickled later. Ew. (laughs) Just leave you with that cliffhanger. I would keep them. Yeah, and put him on a necklace. Yes. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. All right, so he escapes, and he goes to town, and he tells everybody, like, oh, shit, uh, some shit's going down on Eternal Mountain, and also a baby died up there after being kicked in the head by a horse, right? Yeah. This is where his story comes in. Mm-hmm. So the cops come again and raid the place, and they're like, we fucking know some shit is up. <laughs> yeah. And they find the baby's remains, and everyone tells the story that it was Guy who killed the child, and the cops find Guy's consent form, and all of the followers are talking to the police like all of this behavior is totally normal. They're like, no, 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 yeah, there's remains here, but that was Guy. And by the way, here's this consent form where he said we could chop off his balls. And the cops are like, this is crazy. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's normal. He had headaches. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so Rosh and the child's biological parents were arrested. Mm -hmm. So Maurice and Jacques, they were arrested. And the remaining children were put into foster homes. Okay. Basically, every adult was charged with child neglect. Yeah, as they fucking should be. Right? And most of them got off on the one condition, like all the people in this fucking commune they were like god damn it we have a busy day ahead of us of paperwork come with us and so the police were like you're all getting charged with fucking neglect of children and they were like okay you can get off we will drop the charges if you promise to not go join this fucking commune anymore like you cannot go live on that mountain yeah you got to get away from this guy and everyone was like okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay <laughs> exactly so can't go live with the cult but Rosh obviously got a more serious sentence because of the bodily harm and jazz. Yeah. And he ended up getting two years in prison and three years probation. While in prison, nine of his followers rented three apartments around the prison that he was being held in so that they could be, like, close to their leader. Oh, God. And everybody else fucking scattered. <laughs> um, scattered! <laughs> but nine of them stick around. Okay. The police end up bulldozing the commune on Eternal Mountain, and they thought that that was the end of that, right? Woo! Got rid of a cult. Yeah, they nope. can't rebuild this. <laughs> nope. We They're, bulldozed it. They are fucking wrong. In February of 1984, Rosh was released, and this time, him and his followers moved out to some wilderness in Victoria County, Ontario. Okay. So, again, in the woods. He had two males and nine female followers, and they all worked and basically built up a huge functioning commune again with a cabin, a church, a bakery, basically this little city in the woods. Okay. Four of the women got pregnant, and a total of 10 children lived on the commune Jesus. from ages 1 to 15. I hate it. Yeah. As the children would get older, he would take them out on as his wives, like if they were female. Gross. And I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure some of these were like his biological daughters or whatever. Yeah. I don't fucking know. But again, he enforced, he enforced this whole like subservient woman thing and would encourage the men to beat the women if they ever got out of line. Ugh. He even banished one of the women to live with the children because she had a birthmark that he said looked like the number 666. So she had to stay away from him. What a fucking blessing. Why don't you just 
send her away? I don't know. He was weird. He doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So the people from Ontario, they had no idea the background of this cult, right? Because they got fucking dismantled in Quebec. So they're like, oh, hey, guys, welcome. What are you guys doing? And no one was suspicious of them. Yeah. However, Ontario wasn't as easy for them to, like, get shit from. Like, everybody didn't want blowies to trade for milk. Yeah. (laughs) And so they had to find a way to make some money. And so what they did was they would steal from these local companies, these local grocery stores. Ooh. And they caught on real fucking quick who these people were who kept stealing from them, and they got chased out of town. Yeah. So Rosh was like, hey, we got to do something else. And they started making fucking sweets in their little bakery and selling them and somehow made money that way. Okay. So they were selling fucking fruit and pastries and they were living the high life. And Rosh gave their little commune name the Ant Hill Kids because they were all working so hard together like ants. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. what this new little commune's called. So now he's a queen. Now he's a queen ant. <laughs> So now Rosh had stopped drinking because he had been in prison, right? Yeah. So he didn't have any alcohol. He dried out. Mm-hmm. But now that the commune had figured out, like, a decent way to live and they were making steady money and shit, mm-hmm. he was getting kind of bored. And so he started to drink again. Okay. He would hold these naked wrestling matches between the women and would sometimes throw a man in the mix and tell the women to kick the men. Like, this was, like, his weird, sick game of entertainment and shit. Okay. And Rosh would get in there on the wrestling match but if any of the women kicked him, he would hold back their food rations. Oh so it was like God. some weird fucking, again, power trip game. Yeah. I'm about to go into just like a long list of rambling shit that he did. Okay. He also started beating people with hammers oh. or the blunt side of an axe if they ever spoke up against him. Oh. He would urinate on them and force them to lick each other's bums as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> According to kids these days, that's not a punishment. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to do the licking. Papa Smurf, can I lick your ass? <laughs> yeah, lick my ass, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. Or, ew, but they also live out in the wilderness. They yeah. don't have access to a whole lot of showers. No. Okay. Gross. Another thing he would make them do is smear each other shit on each on themselves like smear poop on themselves gross yep he wouldn't let them ever go to the hospital one time he slashed Jacques in the jugular and <gasps> it fucking opened up he used some glass or some shit and he ordered Jacques to be circumcised like what? the whole glands removed wait what <laughs> they call the head of the penis the glands so like circumcised but also chop off the tip of the dick i don't know oh my god yeah why is that gonna stop the bleeding out of the jugular dude i don't know i didn't fucking google it i'm just going off of like memory of fucking you know the like uh sex head chart they give you on what's on a dick yeah (laughs) there's not that many parts that's all i can think of is he's also gonna chop off the tip like you need to be circumcised and the favorite part that feels really good to touch that's going to okay but what about the jugular thing because usually if those open, like, they don't close unless you get medical attention. Um, I don't know. They slashed it open and maybe they fucking sewed it up. That was just the end of that story. He was pissed and he's like, slashed it open. By the way, I'm taking your fucking dick off. Just the tip. Yeah, just the tip. <laughs> I don't know if he ever actually got it off. Gross. Yeah. Kind of an incomplete story there, right? Yeah. And he's got enough of a background that you're like, but did he? <laughs> he probably did, though, so. Probably. Because that's very specific. Like, yeah, you need to be circumcised the whole tip. (laughs) (laughs) Not just the foreskin. Just take the whole fucking, ugh. The whole, yeah. 
Okay. Take a couple inches off there, Doc. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so Rosh would wake up in the morning after these, like, rageful binge drinking nights, and he would cry and say that God was using him as a vehicle for gr- for God's cruel justice. Okay. So he's like, oh, Are you sure it's not the devil it. at this point? Right. Then, on January 26, 1985, after 9 a.m. in the morning, one of the women put her five-month-old baby in the wheel in a wheelbarrow. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. This baby was one of Rosh's sons. Uh-huh. And it was negative 10 Fahrenheit outside. And she wheeled him outside and left him. And by 1045 <gasps> a.m., the child was dead. Oh, my God. It turns out that Rosh hated the child and would often beat it. Why? And so the mother thought that this was an act of mercy for the infant. Oh, my God. Is that God. not the saddest fucking thing? It's a five-month-old. I know. How can you hate a five-month-old? And he would, like, beat it and shit. That's How awful. How can a dad hate a five-month-old? It's not like he has to fucking do anything. <laughs> Got him. Touche. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man, but that's fucking... Uh, this is why I didn't do the story when I first read it. Oh, my God. That's so sad. I know. Also, you've told me a story about a fucking two-year-old, which I have a two-year-old. And then you told me a story about a five-month-old, which I have a fucking seven-month-old. I know. I know. I hate Girl, it. Girl, I'm, like, in the same boat just, like, a couple months off. But I my life it. is right there, too. Yeah. It's it. awful. Can you imagine being so desperate that you're, like, uh, this is the best way to get rid of, like, to, to save- end my child's suffering? Yeah. Fuck that. No, you fucking run with him. <sighs> I know, but these people are trapped. Okay, if there's a fucking town that you're selling your goddamn fruits and pastries to, then there's a fucking town that you can run to. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how you, like, get there from here. But also, these people didn't, like, leave the cult, you know? They were like, "Mm, I don't like that you're doing this to my kid, so I'm going to kill my kid. But also, I don't know. I don't know all of their fucking stories. I get it. They're brainwashed. But also, I'm just saying they're still at fault because she killed her fucking child. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Oh, my God. But can you imagine? I wouldn't want to watch that shit. All right. Okay. Enough about baby murder. I wouldn't want to kill my kid either. I'd want to fucking run away. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. So, now cut to Maurice, right? Yeah. Okay, so Maurice and Jacques, they were basically forbidden to be a married couple, right? That, yeah. Like, they actually were. But Rosh never married Maurice. Okay. So, he was just like, you guys can't be together, but I don't fucking want you. And she Ooh. decided it he was just, high. She doesn't have enough toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she decided it was high time to get the fuck out of there. Oh, good for her. Yeah, get a girl. So, Rosh made a deal with her. He was like, listen... You can leave with two of your three children, (gasps) the surviving children, because remember, he killed that one two-year-old by bashing him in the head and then doing his thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the oldest daughter that she had actually with another, I don't think it was Jacques' daughter. She was like 15 years old. She was about to hit puberty. Oh, my God. No, no, no. uh, She was like, you can leave. Or he was like, you can leave, but you have to leave her here because she's going to be my next wife. And Maurice agreed. Oh, my God. And she escaped. Oh, my God. Could you imagine how fucking abandoned you would feel? Oh, no. Fuck that. Oh, my God. Well, and then I wonder how long she had grown up in this. I think they said that they were there for eight years. So that's like half of this kid's life. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Where most of her memories are made. Yeah. 
Okay, so she escapes, right? Yeah. And she's living on her own for a few months out in the real world, and she starts to realize how fucked up that commune was. Like, she's away from it now, and she's like, holy shit. And so she decides to take legal action to get her daughter back. Well, as she should have fucking done in the beginning. But okay. At least she's doing it now. But I mean, like, she had to get away to realize, like, how sick everything was. Yeah, I know. I'm... (sighs) Being okay. insensitive. <laughs> That's what we do here. Yeah. Okay, so she's like, fuck, I'm going to take legal action. And yeah. part of that process was that Maurice had to explain the living condition for the children on the commune. Mm-hmm. And when she did this, Child Protective Services fucking raided that camp. They were like, hold the fuck up. They're doing what to those kids? Yeah. And they placed all of the children in foster care. Good. Kind uh, of. Oh, seriously, right? So when the kids get to proper care, their foster families began to notice them exhibiting, like, really inappropriate behavior, which would suggest that they were abused. Yeah. So they started asking the kids, like, about their life on the commune and everything, and what they were describing was horrific. Mm. As we know, Rosh separated the children into two groups, his own children and then, like, the other ones that he treated like an animal that weren't his biological kids. Yeah. Uh, His own children were considered to be, like, in a more privileged position in the commune because, basically, they're children of God, whatever. They're going to be the next leaders. Yeah. The other children were forced to crawl around on all fours like animals. They were rarely fed. And the other adults and children were not allowed to talk to them. Oh, my God. Only Rosh was allowed to show any affection to the children, which he never did. Uh, He would sometimes hold two children over the fire and (gasps) threaten the mothers that he was going to throw one of them in because he loved watching the mothers beg for their children's lives. Oh, my God. This guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, He would nail the kids to trees by their clothes and tell the other children to stone them or stab them, kind of like what he would do with Guy. What the fuck? But then right before any of the abuse would happen, he would call it off to play his little God game. Yeah. But these kids had to be fucking terrified. Yeah. Obviously, they weren't taken care of, so their teeth were rotting, and they had, like, zero education. Oh, my God. Many of them would, like, rock uncontrollably and bang on things and scream without warning. Like, oh, that's they had, so like, sensory sad. issues. Oh, my God. So sad. They were giving chores, obviously. But, like, the chores were weird, like washing the women's sanitary napkins. Ew, ew, ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. You didn't expect that one. No. Uh, Are they disposable? No. I'm sure they're reusable. That's fucking gross. Like a diaper. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. So Rosh and some of the other members of the group would also sexually molest the kids. The children were also able to recount some, like, odd fucking ceremonies that took place. Like, mm-hmm. one time, Rosh had this special ceremony just for the kids where he told them that God lived underground and he demanded a blood sacrifice. So he grabbed a goat that the children were, like, hand-raising, right? Mm-hmm. And he disemboweled it in front of all of the children. Oh, my God. All the while, Rosh is, like, fucking butt-ass naked doing this ceremony. And then he started to bathe in the goat's blood. Ew. That's fucking scary. As an adult, can you imagine? That's terrifying. No, thank you. Okay, so Child Protective Services was like, none of these parents are allowed to have any access to these kids again. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Rosh's influence is way too strong on the parents, so these kids are at a risk, like, even with their biological parents around. Yeah. But there was this independent investigation that was ran, and a few doctors who had treated Rosh... Remember that doctor, that psych doctor? Yeah. They criticized the government for trying to intervene on Rosh's religion. And they basically said that they were glorifying this abuse or whatever just because they didn't agree with his beliefs. 
Like, the government is getting too involved. You can't do this. You can't take away their kids, right? Oh, my God. No. But in the end, those kids were removed from the commune. Okay. But there was not enough physical evidence to press charges against Rosh. Okay. Also, Maurice wasn't willing to testify against him. So that would have been, like, the strongest thing they had in court. Yeah. Because none of the followers are saying that there's any abuse or anything like that. These kids obviously have some trauma to them, but they don't have any way to prove it was Rosh. Yeah. And nobody is saying it. I guess maybe, except for the kids, I don't fucking know. And maybe they're too young to testify. I don't know all the details, but basically he fucking gets away with it. That's crazy. Okay, so the kids are in foster care, whatever, right? Yeah. Maurice is living her life, won't testify against him. Rosh continues to have some, like, minor run-ins with the law, but nothing major. And he still, like, operated his little commune. Mm -hmm. And then one day, while Rosh was on one of his, like, drunken rampages... He got mad at one of his children. I don't know if he got to keep his kids or what they, like, maybe I have my timeline mixed up. Or maybe he's an adult now, but it's also his child. Yeah. You know, like, older child. I think that's it. Sorry, I should remember my own fucking notes. (laughs) But he's an older child. So he gets mad at one of his children by the name of Claude for something minor. I don't know what he did. Yeah. But he ordered Claude to walk around with an elastic band bound tight around his scrotum. Can you see he has a method? Yeah. The band was left on so long that his testicles got infected. Oh, God. So naturally, Rosh operated on them, and he cut them off. Oh, my God. And he sealed the wound shut with a hot iron. Oh, God. He then ordered that Claude be stoned to death for offending God. But Claude was like, what the fuck? And escaped and ran into the woods, (gasps) and he waited for Rosh to sober up because he was like, Dad's on one of his fucking drunken rampages again. Yeah. And then he returned back to the commune. Okay. Another time, he got mad at Giselle for something. I don't, again, don't know what the fuck she did. And he chucked a hunting knife at her, and it embedded three inches deep into her thigh. What and started gushing blood everywhere. Oh, my God. I know. He's fucking psycho. And he just walked away and got another beer. Wow. Uh, a few hours later, Giselle had gotten the bleeding to stop, and Rosh decided to get a hot iron file. Like, okay. a hot file. He made it hot. Okay. of iron. <laughs> anyway, and he started poking around in the leg, Ugh. making it all swollen and Ugh. pissed off and start bleeding again. He would pour a cup of hot water over the wound to clean it. Basically, it was like torturing her for yeah. a couple hours, just digging around in there. Oh, my God. After a week, it got infected. So he packed the wound with salt, olive oil, and spruce gum. Olive and oil? <laughs> olive oil. You're going to fucking cook it? Fucking seasoned that shit. Yeah. And then... It started to heal a little bit, and Giselle took this as her opportunity to run the fuck away because she was, like, finally a little healthy, you know? Yeah. And she did, but Rosh always knew how to find her, like, always knew she would be at her dad's house or whatever. And so he would call her and talk her into coming back to live with him. Oh, my God. And just... In this scenario, he did exactly that. And Baby, she came I'll back. never throw a hunting knife at you again. I will never pack you full of spruce gum ever again. <laughs> he would use a torch and pass it over other people's skin until it bubbled. Ew. And he even did this to one of the ladies who gave birth. Like, the same day she gave birth, he was like, uh, let me fucking heal your uterus or whatever. <gasps> and then he just did it over her skin until it bubbled. Oh, God, that's horrible. He would beat the pregnant women until they miscarried. Oh, my God. He would pull the children's teeth out with pliers even when nothing was wrong with them. Why? He had one woman break Claude's leg with a sledgehammer. His own son, the one that he like Jesus. fucking castrated, basically. Yeah. He shot at one of the women and she got hit in the shoulder and he would use the blunt side of an axe to break ribs and noses, whatever. Okay, trigger warning. He would squeeze women's nipples in vice grips until <gasps> they bled. Oh, gross. What the fuck? 
Okay. He hogtied Claude and hung him from the ceiling for hours. Oh and my he God. would pour boiling water on him and ordered the women to pluck his pubic hair bald. Ew. He beat a horse to death with a chain and made Claude burn the body. Like, oh. this guy was awful. Oh, my God. He would God. make the followers eat poop and dead mice. He would make the women also put their hands in the vice grip, and he would crush them until they were broken. Oh, my God. One time, he injected one of the women with, like, an unknown substance in her back, and then he twisted the needle until the tip of it broke off in her skin. What the fuck, man? That's, like, also a trigger warning. People hate needles. He would burn the women's breast and genitals with the torch. He would snip off fingers using wire cutters. Oh, Oh my God. Okay, this is the thing that literally made me not feel good. Okay. One day, after a hard day's work, one of the women Uh who had multiple babies, Uh her uterus prolapsed. (gasps) Like outside of the body. It was like hanging outside of the body. Oh, God. And Raj fixed it by punching it back inside of the woman. What the fuck? And then he shoved a wooden cone up her hoo-ha to plug it up to keep it in there. How do you get a wooden cone? <laughs> okay, great question. <laughs> like a pine cone? Did he whittle it real quick? <laughs> he was a good whittler. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh. wait. But then he fashioned this cone to like keep her uterus in there, right? Like punched it back in there. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. Only it didn't work. Well, yeah. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, so then he tied a string to the bit that was hanging outside of her body. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. And he decided to yank it out like it was a tooth that was loose. <gasps> it doesn't just come out. I don't know. Do you think he just tied the other end to a doorknob and shut the door really fast? Like, what the fuck? Isn't it attached to other stuff, too? Yes, it's very importantly attached to things. It's her body. Was she like, yeah. It's not just going to fucking break loose. This guy was crazy. Oh, oh my God. God. I don't oh my God. Good. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so sorry. It literally made me nauseous. Okay, um, so it didn't work, and it took a whole year before she was actually able to seek medical attention. She just lived, like, huh. a whole year with it flopping out and whatever fucking damage he did, and she oh had to have God. a total hysterectomy done. Well, yeah. Oh, it's probably better that way. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, let's oh move on. Oh, my God. So in 1988, a woman follower by the name of Salong, and so Salong gets sick, and Rosh told her it was her liver and that they had to operate. Dude... <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> this guy's fucking back alley. Yeah. Surgery. I don't know how shit. they have so many accounts. Like, people must have fucking purged everything that happened. Yeah. Okay, so he got drunk one night, and he was like, tonight's the night we operate. And he takes her to the bakery and had her undress and lay down on one of the tables. He then spent an hour or something trying to insert an enema tube in her bum. <laughs> and it had a mixture of oil, molasses, and water. And when he couldn't get it inserted into her bottom, he shoved it down her throat. And then he instructed the other followers, like some of the other followers that were here for this operation, to start blowing into and sucking the tube. Like, blow into the tube and suck it. What? I don't know. That makes me so uncomfortable. What? Uh, Also, how does it take an hour to put something in your butt? I think he's fucking around, didn't know what was going on. He's pretty drunk. All of the shit he's smashed for. Oh, my God. Uh, He then pulled out a knife and he cut a four-inch incision on her right side below her ribs. She's awake this whole time. Jesus. Then he pulled out a strip of tissue that was four inches long and he just tore it off her body. (gasps) Like, he didn't cut it. He just tore it. That just reminds me of, like, a a fucking hangnail that goes all the way up your finger. Yeah. But it's worse because it's in your body. And then he said, 
there, you're going to be all right. And then one of the other followers, like, he instructed them to, like, stitch her up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Selang got up and she went back to the cabin where Wa- where Rosh had her take a hot bath after the surgery. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I really don't feel good. And the whole time she was, like, awake and alert, right? Yeah. She's like, I really don't feel good. And uh, he's like, take a hot bath. And it made her feel worse. So he was like, take a cold bath. <laughs> And blood started to come out of her mouth, and she died. Oh, my God. That didn't work. What do you uh, think he took out? I have no fucking clue. Oh, I was going to Google, like, what where your organs are, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> he didn't either. Okay, but here's what happened. So the doctors later said that she died from peritoneum, which is digestive fluids leaking into the abdominal cavity, which is fatal. You can't have that. So he probably fucking punctured her stomach somehow. Yeah. Or, like, removed a part of her intestines or something. I don't fucking know. Oh, my God. Rosh evidently felt really bad about this, and he decided that he needed to commit suicide. Good. And so he tried a few different fucking methods, and he settled on drowning himself. And while he was underwater, God told him that uh, he didn't want Rosh to die, so yeah. Rosh called the suicide off. Yeah, God will do that every time you try and drown yourself, because it's <laughs> yeah. fucking impossible to drown yourself. <laughs> yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. So on October 16th— You know when God won't intervene? <laughs> Like, literally every other way. (laughs) Dickweed. So, on October 16th, 1988, he went to town and he met a doctor there who he knew and, for some strange reason, believed in Rosh's bullshit. I think this was the same psych doc. Yeah. I didn't keep any of their fucking names because I was like, oh, you're a piece of shit? All right, I'm on to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, he explained how Selang had died from a ruptured vein in her esophagus. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, really torn up about it. And then Rosh told the doctor that he had been having dreams where Selang entered into Rosh's body. And that obviously means that he is now pregnant with his dead wife and that God had chosen him to be the first male reverse birth. Okay. So basically the male version of being pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the so doctor, he's the Virgin Mary now. Yep, exactly. And the doctor was like, no fucking shit, that's awesome. <laughs> And then he had some ceremony performed where he and Selang were officially married, even though she was dead. And he went back to the commune and had her body dug up. He then ordered the women to pour vinegar on her organs to keep the worms away and had her buried again. Uh A few days later, he had her exhumed again and ordered Jacques to drill a hole in her decaying skull. He then masturbated into the skull and jizzed in there with the hopes that he would resuscitate her. What? He then had some of her ribs removed, and he put them in a cloth, and he carried them around with himself and had her cremated, a.k.a. burn the body. Uh-huh. He collected some of her bones, and, like, from the cremation, and he kept them in a jar of olive oil. And he would regularly masturbate into this jar of olive oil oh and bones. Oh, my God. Because Did he was it a- separate? He was attempting to bring her back to life. That's what I was thinking of. You know, like those, you add like the colored water yeah. into the oil and it like, like a lava lamp. Yeah. Made He's, a lava lamp of jizz and bones. Oh my God. It's like the worst lava lamp ever. That's so fucking gross. Yeah. And also, can you imagine what? finding that? A lava lamp of jizz and bones? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that'll fuck you up. <laughs> Dude, this whole fucking story so far is fucking I'm me up. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. It's almost over. Uh-huh. You said that before. <laughs> I keep forgetting there's so many fucking events occurring. Jesus Christ. But that's where the pickling came in that I was yeah. thinking of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Somehow, Sol- Solang's family 
and the police never find out about her death. Probably because she was isolated. So yeah, fucking shit, man. Um, fucking heck. <laughs> so July twenty sixth, nineteen eighty nine, Rosh gets drunk and he orders one of his wives, uh, Gabrielle, to put her hand on the table. He then stabs it into the table with a hunting knife, Ugh. and he left for forty five minutes to go get drunk. And he returns, and Gabrielle's whole arm had turned blue because the wound was like bleeding out, and she couldn't move her hand because it was stuck to the table. Yeah. And so then he took a carpet knife and he began gashing away at her arm around, like, the elbow area. What the fuck, man? And he got the bone exposed. <gasps> and he got too tired. Like, this is a lot of fucking work. And so he had one of the other followers start hacking away at her arm. Trying to, to like end? To, like, amputate it. Because he's like, this arm's got to go. Why don't you just take the fucking knife out of her hand? I don't fucking know. This guy's nuts. The somebody else, the other follower, starts hacking away, right? They get the bone exposed, and they're cutting around the bone, but they can't get it all the way off. So he Jesus. pulls the knife out of her hand. Oh, fucking great. And has her lay her arm on, like, across a stump, and he takes a dull meat cleaver, and he just fucking hacks away at her arm until he amputates it. The whole time, she never cried out. And what she wasn't, fuck? like, medicated or anything. And after a day, Rosh decided that her stump was gangrenous. Gangrenous. Uh-huh. Gangrenous. Gangrenous. It had gangrene. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fucking midnight right now. <laughs> yeah. And so he used some scissors to cut out the infection, obviously. Yeah. He also cut out a chunk of her breast for some reason. Oh, my and God. And then he hit her over the head with an axe. So now she has a gash in her head. Fucking her boob is cut and she has no arm. What the fuck? So she ran away in the woods where she laid low for a few days, but eventually she came back to the commune, and when she came back, she realized that bugs had laid eggs in her head wound. What? (laughs) Makes me not feel good. So Rosh then heated a piece of metal, and he used it to burn the end of her stump, like, trying to cauterize it. Yeah. But he was so fucking drunk the whole time, he kept just, like, dropping this metal rod on her um, and burning her skin. She eventually escaped to a hospital, and the police were called, even though she made up a lie as to, like, why her arm was missing and shit. Yeah. They were like, we're gonna fucking—this is, like, one, two goddamn many things to happen over there. Yeah. (laughs) So the police arrived to the commune, because they're gonna go— Arrest Rosh for yeah. aggravated assault. But okay. when they got to the commune, it was deserted. Oh, shit. So obviously everyone knew the fucking jig was up when the lady without an arm fucking ran away. Yeah. <laughs> and so they all scattered and some went home <laughs> to their families and some escaped to Quebec with Rosh. But basically the commune life was done. Like... Fucking, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. So the police took six weeks to find and arrest Roche, like, wherever the fuck he was hiding in Quebec. And, yeah. like, the other followers that had gone with him, too. As soon as they were arrested, everyone started to talk about the abuse and their role in it. And they admitted to how Salong had died. Mm-hmm. Like, how she really died. And so the police were like, what the actual fuck? Like, yeah. everybody basically just admitted, yeah, shit was crazy back there. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I shit definitely did it. a little out of hand. Yeah. Definitely was a part of that. Yeah. For the abuse to Gabrielle's arm amputation scenario thing, like, for that, Rosh received 12 years in prison. What? Which was later reduced to 10 because oh he seemed to express true remorse for his actions. What? I know, right? He was then charged with first-degree murder for so long. Okay. At least he's getting charged for murder. Yeah, right? 
However, the courts found that there was insufficient evidence for first-degree murder, and they reduced it to second-degree, and Rosh took a plea bargain where he pled guilty as long as no other charges could be brought against him. Because you'd be in fucking court all day long, right? Yeah. On January 18th, 1993, Rosh was sentenced to life in prison and was eligible for parole in 1999. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything on his parole status, but I guess the prison guards fucking like him and they find him very charismatic. Yeah. I also didn't write down what happened to the other people. Like, probably because there's too many fucking people to list. They all got different, like, variations of punishment yeah. for their role. But Rosh obviously got the most. And I'm pretty sure he's still in prison. I'd like to think so. I Googled him. I couldn't find it. Jesus. I didn't Google that hard because that story was long as fuck. But that's my story. Do you feel okay? No. Yep. I don't like it. The uterus thing made me feel not good at all. I'm telling you, I was not going to do this story. I remember, like, when we first started this yeah. podcast, I stumbled on this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do this because I don't feel good and it's gross. Yeah, that's horrible. There's children. There was babies. There was prolapsed uterus. There's a lot of castration. Yeah, there was. This guy was awful. Uh, and people, the, people like him. That's so fucking horrific. Could yep. you imagine... The fucking mental state that you have to be in to be so brainwashed. Yeah, it's got to be intense. It's I mean, crazy. There's obviously levels. Like he worked his way in. Yeah, but that's it's like so I crazy. could probably start brainwashing you now if I wanted to. We'll try it. Okay. See what happens. <laughs> See where we can go from here. I picked my thing <laughs> that I'm going to brainwash you on. Oh, good. What is it? Can I? Know? I can't tell you. Son of a bitch. It right. won't work. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll let you know in like fucking eight years. It's a long process. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow you to the ends of the earth, baby. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah, I'm really sorry for that, everybody. Yeah. Well, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Gross. That's crazy. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I can't believe I hadn't heard of it. I was just thinking that. Yeah. It makes me, like, question if it's real. <laughs> that was God, a lot of fucking detail. Not. But it was in fucking Canada, so. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Well, on that lovely note, we have... <gasps> We got a, a package. package. But we should close this bitch out, okay. like you say. For if, yeah. if you guys want to listen to us open a package, it's after this shit. Yeah. So if you want to check out pictures pertaining to our case, <laughs> go no. to isgdpodcast.com. I'm pretty sure there will not be any prolapsed uteris. Ugh. Uh, well, I want to see what this guy looks like because he had to be a no, charming looking motherfucker. He wasn't. He's like fucking bald mountain man. He's just got a lot of hair. Well, those are two different sentences. <laughs> on his face, not okay. on the top of his head. Uh, <laughs> you're right, though. That was very contradictory. Uh, okay, what else? You can email us at isgdpodcast.com. At gmail.com. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> I just made that up. Huh? Also, on our website, we have links to the Patreon and the merch. And the Patreon, we just dropped a new episode yesterday. Dropping it like it's hot. Yeah. It's like our new fucking single. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go check out our new single for only a dollar. Yeah. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at ISGD Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can snail mail us at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. And subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And thank you. And thank you. Okay, let's open this box. Okay. I hope it's donuts. It's in a donut box. It'd be weird if it was donuts. <laughs> or, or I'm going to fucking stab myself trying to open this. Jesus. It's either that or a blazer. It's They're the same looking kind of boxes. 
Okay, I am legit gonna stop myself. I have to move away from the mic a little. <laughs> Do you need some help? I'm not handy with a knife. I have a fucking Dentley. Jesus, do you give me the dullest knife in the world? Oh, yeah, I wasn't looking for, like, I thought we were just going to have to slice through some tape. What are you having to do over well, there? I gotta find it. There's no point on this knife. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's not pointy. Oh, there it goes. Oh, got it. I couldn't take someone's uterus out with this. No, you wouldn't want to, though. No, I wouldn't. Or would you? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. Oh, I almost stabbed myself. Don't do it. Okay. Jesus, they were like, nobody's fucking getting in here. It's probably because it's donuts. <laughs> well, I have it upside down now, so I hope it's not donuts. <laughs> they probably packaged it correctly. They're like, she's going to open it from this end. <laughs> God, what if it's like a bomb? Uh, that's going to be so unfortunate, because I'm in this tiny room with you. Well... Yeah, I'm protected from the shower curtain. Yeah, you're protected from any fucking chemical warfare. Yeah, let's see if three sides is Am enough I? sides. Open it away from your face. Just in case. Oh my god. What? Okay. Okay, it's not a bomb. <laughs> it's not a bomb so far. There, I want to, like, a- move the plastic so I can see better. I'm so excited. <gasps> oh, look at that presentation. The world's best podcast host. Oh! <gasps> This is the nicest thing anybody's ever said to us. I know. <gasps> is it a tiny backpack? I really can't see anything. Um, it's a blue wrapped thing. Okay. When the glass is half empty, it's time to order a pitcher. You Girl, ain't fucking wrong. Preach, poor guy. Oh, it's from Kirstie and Danny. Aw, thank you. Oh. Oh. Why are you guys so nice to us? Oh my goodness. <gasps> Why can't we read I'm reading it? it? You're not allowed to read it. I know. <laughs> you could read out loud. That'd be a nice thing to do. These lights are flickering. Okay. Well, she said, Stacy and Aaron, I'm so sorry that you both are dealing with so much right now. Aww. Y'all are always there for the goddamn fam. And since Casey and Callie are so far away, I decided to make this sign for you as a pick me up. Y'all's podcast is the best because of the love and effort you put in it, no matter what route y'all end up taking the Brainsfields will support you amazing <gasps> ladies oh my gosh it's like we're best friends oh my god oh my god I want to see I want to see I want to see oh, I love it did you just hear my ass peel off the seat <laughs> yeah I did <gasps> Aww, it's a bum- just because that's so sweet Aww, that's so sweet oh, oh there's another one. <gasps> oh, there's another one. Oh my god this smells like crap like mm. I want to do crafts. <laughs> Welcome. Let's talk about serial killers. Oh my god, this is fucking perfect. This is going in the shed. Hell yeah, it is. Okay, your mic just better be picking up my words because I want. Oh, to it is. <laughs> Don't worry. It always. Oh my is. god, this is so amazing. Oh my god, these are so fucking cute. Just be fucking kind. Just be fucking kind. Oh, thank you so much. You're amazing. Also, god damn, girl. I love these handmade things, man. You're a pro Shit makes my life reading. complete. Anytime Actually, I love someone's everything. like, oh, here's this very detailed thing, I'm like, oh, I, we're not, we, I can't do that. Yeah, that sounds hard. <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. Oh, my God. Girl, you fucking crushed it. Love it. Thank okay, you. Okay, we need to finish these walls, because this shit's going up yeah, on the walls. Oh, my God, I love it so much. They're so fucking cute. I know. Thank you. You're that just made my sweet. whole fucking night. Yeah, that makes fucking talking about distended ovaries feel better. <laughs> distended ovaries. <laughs> that was way better than a tiny backpack. Yeah. Blazer. 
or donuts. <laughs> True. And a bomb. <laughs> Way better than a bomb. Okay, everybody. Until next week. Bye. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs>